Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. Well, hello again, and welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Rackey, joined by Pastor Steve Pearson, both of Redemption Hill Church. We are glad to be with you, Pastor Steve, and it's good to be together again today. It is, brother. How have you been? I have been really well. I just turned 38, and I am not quite sure about it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, there we go. That's all right, man. You know, you're getting younger. The closer you get to glory, you're getting younger. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Thanks for putting it into a eternal perspective. The, 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 the cup's half. The cup's half full, brother. <laughs> so, so, so the gray hairs that are showing up, and the few white hairs. That's because I'm getting closer to glory. Yes, that is why. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Praise <laughs> the Lord. I tell you what. Nothing like getting a little bit older, and getting a little bit grayer, and maybe a touch slower, to remind us of our topic today, and that is the topic of. Humility. Yes, Let's sir. talk about humility, Pastor Steve. I know you're one of the most humble men on earth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a little Bible trivia. Who said that they were the most humble man on earth? Text your answer to shoutsofgraceradio.com, <laughs> and we will air the winner on future broadcasts. <laughs> That's right. Who said they were the most humble man on earth? Well, it's it's not either one of us in this room, but we are going to talk about it. So let's talk about humility. First, let's define humility. Um, how would you define humility, Pastor Steve? Well, I think I think one of the ways you can define it is um, by looking at Philippians chapter two, because I think it kind of gives us a little bit of definition um, when it says in verse three, "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit." But in humility, count others more significant than yourself. So there's a contrast. And so basically, mm. we would say that that humility is the absence of self, the absence of self-will and esteeming others high, more highly than yourself. It's having a proper view of yourself, a low, not an inaccurate view, but, but a, a view, but a lowly view in the sight of a holy God. And, right. and so that would be what, what I would call humble, less self Less uh, self. Yeah. But but not some sort of a fake humility. I mean, no. there is something that the Bible talks about called false humility. Um, but it is it is good to help understand what something means by what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you're in competition with people. It doesn't mean that you're trying to outdo folks and prove how much better you are, smarter you are, faster you are, younger you are. The loudest one in the room, the one with the funniest jokes, all the right. attention's on you. Exactly. Yeah. One who's got the most hair. I mean, exactly. Just those kind of things. I just yeah. cut mine off, so I don't even have yeah, to worry about that's it. That's good. You don't even have to worry <laughs> about it. Um, no, but it is instead saying, you know, I don't have a problem thinking about myself. Uh, you know, Paul would write and say, you know, husbands, you ought to love your wife as your own body. I mean, yes. you think about it. You feed your body, you clothe your body, and you want to take a nap, you rest your body. You don't have a problem loving yourself. That's right. You know, now love your wife and love your wife at least as much as you love yourself, if not more. And and that's the beginning of humility is to say, you know, it's not about me in this life. It mm-hmm. is about other people. And here in Philippians 2, Paul sets out to give us the best example That's right. 
of a humble life. You're talking about the creator of the universe taking on the form of a man, taking on humanity. And Jesus Christ comes to earth and says that, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And God's glory was clothed in humility in the person of Christ. And Paul articulates what that looks like and how we are to have the same mindset or the same attitude um, as Christ did. And what is humility? How do I define humility? Well, humility was was personified in Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. In fact, I would say, you know, starting in verse 5, have this mind. Humility really begins in the thought process of yourself. You know, who are you? Um, in in comparison to a holy God, that's mm-hmm. why he says, "Have this mind in you, which um, which was in Christ." So so the whole idea is when I look at Christ, okay, not other people, not when I look at Christ, what do I think of myself in regard to that? That's where everything starts, right? When I look at the holiness, when I look at the righteousness, when I look at all of that in Christ, I should have a proper view and perspective of myself. In front of the Holy God, so that I would like like Isaiah in Isaiah chapter six, where he sees a holy God and he falls down and says, right. "Woe is me!" Right? I am undone. Humility always begins. Otherwise, it's false humility. Humility always begins with a proper view of the person in comparison to who God is. Mm. And if you start there then what you have is a mindset that ultimately trickles down into the actions in the hearts of a man. Yeah, I've heard that saying that when you spend more time looking up at God, you don't have enough time to look down on people. That's right. You know, how important it is for us to see uh, ourselves first in light of who God is. Um, That will definitely humble us because I'm not perfect. Uh, I don't know everything. I'm not all powerful. And there's, uh, there's so many limitations, That's obviously, right. you know, you, you turn 38, you're reminded that you're a little bit older <laughs> and I'm sure there's people older than me, like you haven't seen anything yet, Keith, you know, yeah. but, but it's, it's humbling, you know, to realize that there are people that are in their, uh, you know, in, in younger years, you know, their twenties or early thirties. And there's just some things that they're going to go after a little harder than you are, but that's okay because humility says, well, I don't have to have the glory for myself. And I don't have to accomplish all those kind of things. And, and there are some things that need to be done by younger people. And there are some things that should be done by more talented people. You know, I, there is a reason why I don't do drywall. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't do certain things around the house because I know that's not my thing, but there are other things where, you know, I can, I can swap out the toilet and fix the sink. I can do some plumbing and I can, Hmm. you know, do some other things. It's, it is about knowing ourselves well in light of who God is and who God's made us to be. And, and again, when we spend a lot of time looking up to God, we don't have time to look down at other people and see how much better we are than they. That's right. Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with a sober mind. And And I, and I like that, Keith, because... God is telling us that, listen, when it comes to to living this life where you esteem others more than yourself and, and you're looking out for others and, and your life is centered to re- centered around that, it has to start. It has to start with you having a right and sober mind about you. And so one of the things we talked about on the last episode when we talked about kind of Redemption Hill and the team ministry and the whole the whole idea of that, one of the benefactors of that 
is this idea that it really infuses humility into the operation of the church, particularly how the leaders interact with one another, because we understand that there, there's no glory game being played here, right? Each of us have been giving certain gifts, and if somebody excels more in a different gift, like you excel better in in, in ministry development than I would— humility, the, the, the right mind would say, look at, I'm going to have a right view of myself and I'm going to have a view to esteem others more highly because they're better at it. Right. And, and pride comes in when I think I have to wear every hat, whether Mm -hmm. I have to wear every hat in my job or wear every hat in my school, my relationships, my church, because nobody really can do it better than I can. And that's the part where God would say, whoa, 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 you don't have a sober mind about who you really are. And here's what I found, Keith, which is true in a ministry con, um, uh, construct as well, is when I have that view, then God doesn't send me the people. God doesn't send the church, and the church doesn't become the benefit of people that are well-gifted and well-rounded in the ministry because one person wants to do everything. And that that can translate into every area of your life, like in, in, in your career and, 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 and elsewhere. So I just would say that that everything starts with the mind of humility, which we see in Christ. And you brought it up, Keith, which I think is great. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form God did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, or he did not he did not regard it as robbery, but instead he emptied himself. Right. That to me, if heaven and earth cannot contain the glory of God, and God steps into a human being in the person of Christ, you don't find a better example of humility than that. That's right. And an example of humility that plays out well in our human relationships, because really that's that's where life happens. Life happens in relationship to other people. And we're not we're not born for ourselves. We're born for the glory of God. And God has made this world for his glory and relationships can reflect his glory. It can reflect his goodness. It can reflect his love. It can reflect uh, his joy and his peace. And so in, in our relationships with other people, we're choosing a path of humility that positively impacts every human relationship we have and glorifies God in the process. You know, even the relationships where something has gone wrong between you and another person, it doesn't mean that you can't choose humility in that. Like one of the ways to choose humility is how much do we need to fight for our rights? I mean, here Jesus is setting the example here Mm. in Philippians chapter two of someone who instead of fighting for his rights, which he could have, he's God, he made himself nothing, taking Mm. the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And beyond that, he was found in human form and humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Did Jesus deserve to die? No. You know, Jesus died a a cruel, unjust death, Mm. and yet it was by God's purpose that he died that way, so that way God's plan for redemption would be fulfilled and, and God would be glorified through it. And, and, and here, in every relationship, we have an opportunity to see the very redemptive plan of God through the gospel played out in marriages, in relationships with children or parents, neighbors, coworkers, and the rest. And so humility is not just a church concept. That's right, Keith. And I will say this, when you tease this out, the first place that you see this um, humility really demonstrated when a person starts to really understand their view of themselves is in their their willingness to submit to God. Mm. That that's the first place you see it. You you can't you can't really have a genuine true humility in your spirit 
with people unless you first have it and understand it with God, in my opinion. Because here's what happens. When a person humbles themselves before God and they realize that they're a sinner, they realize what God has done, they realize the superiority, the magnificence of this creator that saved them, they realize what they were saved from. They they, they realize this thing that's inside of them that's called sin, and it, it twists and warps every thought and every motive inside of man. And when someone saves you from that, you have a very good idea, a very good concept of what it means now to be reliant on someone mm-hmm. else. Now, when I take that into real life, when I take that theology to the pavement, as we say, and that kind of interacts with, with relationships, now I start to, you know, in conflict, I start to realize, wait a minute, you know, who am I to really raise this type of accusation against somebody? Who am I to really throw this thing in gear and run them over with it? Th- this is this is not the mind of Christ, right? It, it, it really starts with God and then God takes that and he runs that through and interweaves that into our life, into our relationships and the things that we that, that, that we do in life. Yeah, and so humility is not ignoring the rights that we have, but it's being willing for the glory of God to lay those rights aside. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. Many of us, we've been conditioned, we've been trained, we've been taught by culture, we've been taught by even even the American way, right? Just this, this you know, fuf- getting everything you can, fulfilling the American dream, you know, independence and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, those kind of things, you know, just kind of this, this, this really self-confident mentality. As, as we're trying to develop the mind of Christ, the mindset of, of, of humility, what, what are those areas of pride that we have to confront? Well, I mean, for everybody, for, it's, it's going to be different for everybody, right? And, and I, think, I think the first thing to realize is that, is that pride may manifest itself in a lot of different forms, but it really comes from a, from a, central, um, a central core problem within man that we mm. see in Genesis chapter 3, right? When God says and man doesn't. Right. And so th- there is this there is now this rebellious spirit inside of man, which is pride. And that pride really we, we, we see it kind of birthed in heaven and then kind of its offspring kind of shot down into into humanity, birthed in heaven in Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel chapter 28, when Lucifer, that that covering cherub, when wickedness was found in him, he was created glorious. He was created beautiful. But then he wanted to be like the most high and and and, and pride was found inside of his heart. And so God says, but you're going to be cast down. He then comes down to earth and now um, gives birth to that, you know, through, through the temptation of man into, into Genesis chapter three. And so the core Keith, not, not necessarily how it works out, but the core um, is rebellion against God is, is the sin of pride. And, but the way it works out 
can be, gosh, it could be so many different ways, right? It could be, I, I could be a prideful person in how I look. You know, I have to, I have to be beautiful and make myself up and I can't go out in public unless I've got my lipstick and my mascara on and everything else that comes with it, right? I got to look beautiful. It, that's one form of pride. I've I, never seen you that way, Steve. I, I, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, you know, another form is status. Yeah. We see it in our culture. You know, I've got to live in the nicest house. I've got to wear the nicest clothes. I've got to drive the nicest car, right? Another way it comes in is I've always got to be right, mm. right? I can never be wrong. And, and a sign of weakness in my, in my mindset is if I say I'm sorry about something, right? That, that's, a, that's a form of pride. It's, it's the antithesis of humility, right? We see it in a lot of different ways. You know, we see it in, in honestly, in every sin, really, Keith. Yeah, you, you know, do. In, in every sin, you're going to find some fragment. You're going to find some DNA of pride in that. Yeah, we had a great men's group leader when I was uh, pastoring back east, and he would take guys through these just incredible um, journeys of discovering the root of of their sin. You know, Hmm. like certain guys would come and say, I'm struggling with this, I'm dealing with that, my wife this, my kids, my job, personal things. And he just had a great biblical way of saying, you know what your, your issue is? Your issue is your pride. Mm. No, no, no. My issue is not my pride. My issue is that my wife won't listen to me. You know, well, your issue is, is that you never stop talking. Mm. And so your wife has tuned you out, you know, kind of a thing. And you always have to be right. And you're always argumentative. And and it's like, you can go back to the root of, just like you said, of every sin. You see, well, it really is pride. It's, it's this exaltation of myself that somehow I'm infallible or, or I can't be wrong in this. You know, well, you know, I, I may have misheard or misunderstood or I misspoke. You know, we use all these, you know, miss, 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 you know, but we're missing the point, right? We're missing That's the point right. is that, you know, there, you do have a responsibility to come to that situation with humility. And if you are right, to be able to say in humility, you know what, I don't have to be right to win this conversation. I don't have to be right to be your friend. And also, if you are wrong, say, you know, I, 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 I didn't just misstep or misspeak. I sinned mm. against you, and, and I need your forgiveness. Would you forgive me? And that is something that I think really will help all of us as we're dealing with the issue of pride um, to see that as the source of, mm. of all these different sins that we're dealing with. How do you, let me ask you, Keith, how do you combat pride, right? Mm. I mean, if, if, if it's becoming evident, because a lot of people, a lot of Christians that, that understand or, or they believe, man, I'm, I, I've got a prideful heart, they, they kind of feel stuck sometimes. Sure. Like, how do I get rid of this? What do I do? I mean, where, where do you start with that? You need a nine-year-old kid with a quick wit. <laughs> that, that's what I've learned. <laughs> when my nine-year-old son is able to whip something out just like that, um, I am humbled uh, often. And, and we're teaching our kid, our son, respect, you know. But, but it, you know, it is things like that. It's putting yourself in a position of a purposeful vulnerability to say, mm-hmm. I'm willing to be taught by the Lord, um, which means I do need to spend time in the Word of God. I need to mm-hmm. allow the Word of God um, to to retrain my mindset. That's what uh, Romans chapter 12 says, you know, that we're not to be uh, conformed to the world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. And that takes place by the hearing of the Word of God, by that, that devotion to it. Because if God is wiser than I am, then I should listen to him. You know, and if God sees everything, then I should come and ask him for, you know, direction. And if God owns everything, I should come to God and ask for provision. And and that's, I think, where human relationships also come into play, is that God puts people in our lives on purpose to be a sounding board, 
to, to mm-hmm. be, um, you know, an ear that will listen with a sense of, of familiarity with us, but also a sense of objectivity to say, you know what? I know you well enough on this. I think you've got a blind spot. I think you, I think if you would listen, uh, to what this person's saying or, or take a second look at the word of God. So I, I think addressing pride is, is realizing that I don't have all the answers and I need to learn humility. That's right. And I'll tell you what, Keith, when we don't get the message and we often don't get it, mm-hmm. here's what will happen. Psalm 66, verse 10, for you, O Lord, have tested us. You've tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on, burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water yet you've brought us out to a place of abundance. And what I have found personally is when I'm not getting it, God allows me to go through things. He allows situations to press me and to crush me and individuals to ride over me. And it is to bring me out to a rich fulfillment. And what has often happened, Keith, is when I've been in situations like that, though though I can find a lot of different reasons or I can try and think of a lot of different reasons as to why God's doing this, one thing always comes out on the other end. It is a breaking of self. Mm. There was a breakdown of what is of what is in me that wants to rise up and God crushes it down. And I don't know of any other way for God to to mold and shape a person than to break the things that are unyielding. And and what comes out of that is should be uh humility. And and if and if, if God does all of that and I still rear up then I got some bigger issues. And that's where scripture would say, hey, listen, you better fall on this rock, right? And be broken because if this rock falls on you, it's going to grind you to powder. Yeah, Proverbs 16, 18 says that pride goes before destruction. You know, and what God is trying to do is he's trying to produce life in us. That's right. You know, because the the ultimate end of a sinful life is death and destruction. You know, uh, the wages of sin is death. There's no way around it. We cannot right. get around the consequence of sin except by putting our faith in Jesus Christ and beginning to follow and trust his word as the source of life, the source of wisdom, and and what teaches us humility. You know, this is so interesting to me that Jesus learned obedience right. by the suffering that he went through. That's what it says in Peter. Jesus learned? Right. Yeah, well, Jesus was confined to a human body on purpose. And and through his human development, he learned obedience. He learned right. to humble himself before the Lord. And it wasn't that he had, and this, this, oh, man, this is a great subject. We'll have to talk about another time, you know, about God being, or Jesus being fully man and fully God. But in his human, humanity, he faced pride and he overcame pride That's right. without sinning. And and when we look to him, we ourselves can find the same victory that as that passage in Philippians chapter two says, because Jesus became uh, a human, obedient to the point of death, humbling himself, God exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the father. Humility teaches us to give not only glory to the Lord, but to allow the Lord to exalt us, to allow the Lord to lift us up in those situations. That's right. Think of it this way, Keith. What is the only unforgivable sin in Scripture? It is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It is an ongoing rejection of God's desire to penetrate the the, the hard, prideful heart of man. Mm. And, and if I take that to task, if I take God to task and I take 
that decision to the grave. I will have basically secured eternity based on my prideful heart. And God is trying to break me the entire time. That's why First Peter 5, 5 would say, clothe yourselves with humility, right? Mm. This is this is the mark of a servant of God, that there is a humble heart. And so we, we do pray that people will be ministered to um, by this. And, and listen, we're out of time um, for this episode of Shouts of Grace. Um, we'd encourage you to go on to our website if you want to hear past broadcasts at Shouts of Grace Radio dot com or you can also go to redemptionhillutah.com and download our app and hear it that way as well so pastor keith it is always a blessing to uh, have conversation with each other amen yes it is let's do it again next time amen thank you for joining us on today's episode of shouts of grace radio practical conversations from god's word hosted by pastor steve pearson and pastor keith radke we hope you've been encouraged to see the bible as god's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with god if today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about jesus we would love to hear from you you can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com that's shoutsofgraceradio.com At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.